How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mass Media Hysteria, the podcast about the latest in television and movies, and occasionally just whatever we want to talk about. Today, I'm your co-host, one of your co-hosts, Chris. Uh, our regular ringleader, Court, is off for today. He should be returning next week. Uh, so I'm joined with my other co-host, Andres. Howdy. And I don't know, man, I think we got a really good episode. Oh, yeah. Today. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, so just to briefly go over what we're going to be discussing, brand spanking new trailer for The Matrix, The Matrix 4 Resurrections. Um, I already kind of shared a bit of my thoughts on it, but Andres, I'm sure, has a lot to say about this. I'm curious because he's been a little coy about it in the, in the group chat we have, so I want to know what he thinks. Uh, then we're going to be talking about the latest episode of Marvel's What If? A very highly anticipated one, Zombie What If? What if zombies? I think it's just what it's called. Yeah, they, they just didn't even dress it up. They're like, fuck it, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> um, and keeping in that horror theme, then we're going to be talking about the latest HBO Max and Warner Brothers film, Malignant. I have a lot to say about this. Um, I cannot wait to talk about that, it. This is, yeah, I, I messaged you. I was like, this is, oh my God. So I, way more to talk about with that than I thought going in. Um, and then we're going to cap off the episode with our one of our off-topic topics. Uh, Andres, tell us what that is. Well, we're going to be talking about our non-Godzilla kaiju, our favorites, because we're two Godzilla fans, mm -hmm. and we can get a little mileage out of that conversation. So sure. here we go. Yeah, so if anybody's uh, checked out some of our other episodes where it's just Andres and I, we just geek out and talk about kaiju and Godzilla. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, right on. So let's get into it. The Matrix mm -hmm. 4. Matrix where we did another one, reboot everything. That's that's the name of the game. Yes. Uh, so, like I said, I already shared a bit of my thoughts. So, I'd like to throw it to you. What what were your thoughts going in uh, to even before the trailer? Just the idea of okay, they're doing a fourth Matrix, and uh, then what were your thoughts after seeing the trailer? To be honest, I didn't know they were doing one before they hit the trailer. I really? I had yeah, I had no idea. I, I just it got quiet. Um, mm -hmm reloaded and revolutions happened and it's like okay yeah. uh the teaser did nothing for me i was confused i mean there was just a lot of images happening and i'm like what uh hmm okay mm -hmm. then the trailer happened that changed things a bit i am intrigued okay but i'm cautious yeah that's that's me what are, what are some of the cautions or what about it makes you cautious well <sighs> It's ambitious for them to go back to uh, the Matrix, you know, the Wachowskis, because they built their careers on that franchise and mm -hmm. they went off and they did a hundred other things. Not that great, though. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't seen their show. I've heard good things about the show that they did. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, going back to the Matrix, especially the way it ended, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But it's they're taking it a very different direction so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm intrigued i'm intrigued yeah same here um i i agree i to to kind of echo what you're what you were saying i um i have some apprehensions but i think at the moment i'm more optimistic than i am pessimistic and that could change but i i'm a i was a massive fan of the matrix uh oh. trilogy i just kind of grew up in the right time um 
even as a kid though i you know i think that i acknowledged that there was a decline in quality like the first one is like chef's kiss oh yeah. uh second one i still like reloaded um i think there's a lot to like about it but then there's also a lot of things that it's like that's questionable um and then the third one was very disliked when it first came out but i think that myself included a lot of people have kind of softened on and on it a bit just because i don't know about you because it's been a bit since i've seen it but the last time i did see it i think i just kind of respected how big of a swing the wachowskis went for it like it's ambitious and especially for like a third film in a series it certainly didn't feel like a studio was just saying oh just just make another one just do the exact same thing like it's different didn't yeah. all didn't didn't all kind of coalesce didn't work so the, the the trilogy ended on a sour note for me and yeah this new one it looks interesting i mean it's yeah. it right off the bat we're, we're starting with these images that kind of look different like it doesn't really seem to fit the tone of the original matrix which that's that is okay. the first thing i noticed myself i was like oh the blue and green tint that the movies yeah. were known for it's just gone yeah everything looks naturally colored mm -hmm. and that yeah yeah yeah, more even like hyper saturated. The colors like really popped, and uh, yeah, the green tint is mostly gone. You see some greenness th throughout the trailer, especially in certain moments. But the green tint is gone. Not only that, but a lot of the the film noir aesthetic is gone. It's everything yeah. seems really bright and glossy, which kind of makes sense, you know. It's, you know, like the the original green tint for the Matrix came about because of. Um, you know, computers around the time in the 90s, especially if you're like doing data entry and stuff, it would be typing that neon green lettering mm -hmm. on a black screen. Oh, and yeah. they, so they really pulled that imagery from it. But now computers have come a long way. So when you think of technology, you think of the internet, it's all glossy. Everything's super quick and fast. Um, oh, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, I, it, I appreciate that they're going kind of in a different visual direction. And, yeah. But there's the one the one kind of caveat I have, or the one kind of concern I have, um, is that it does seem to be taking a lot of inspiration, even kind of the story beats that we're able to pick up from the trailer, from the very first film. Like mm -hmm. Neo doesn't seem to know remember who he is anymore. Carrie Ann Moss's character Trinity doesn't seem to you know who know who she is. So it's about kind of like getting taking the red pill again, learning about the whole thing. And so a fear that I have is that it's going to, the movie's going to be a little Force Awakens-y. Ah. And that I it's, see, yeah. it's uh, more of like a reboot, remake than a sequel. Do soft you, reboot, yeah. Do you get that vibe kind of from the trailer? I could see that. Um, but yeah, at this time, without knowing mm -hmm. too much, it's, it's so hard to like, you know. I, I got no idea. I think that repetition is mm -hmm. going to be, there will be something about it, mm -hmm. uh, but already you're seeing discussion questions popped up where people are like, oh, well, it means that everybody's just reincarnated. And you're like, yeah. yeah, but then why is Lawrence Fishburne's character gone? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's raising questions where it's mm -hmm. like, want to talk about it. We need the movie though. For sure. Because we don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I completely agree. At this point, it's kind of like we're in the dark of what exactly is going on, which is cool. 
I to clarify, um, I've said it on the show before, but I I am actually a very big fan of The Force Awakens. So it wasn't oh, a yeah. knock. Well, yeah, it wasn't a knock against that movie. It's just that I think that even the biggest fans acknowledge that The Force Awakens was too similar in in story beats and plot points to the yeah. original A New Hope. But I actually I actually quite like the Wachowskis. Uh, this time it's just Lana Wachowski that's that's writing and directing it. Uh, her sister Lily just to, she wanted to do something else creatively at this time, uh, but she seems to be like very supportive of this. It, it wasn't like any bad blood. Uh, but I I like the majority of their work in that show you were talking about is called Sensate, yes, which, which is on Netflix. And it got canceled, which is a shame. Um, oh. I, I love that show. Like, I love it. It is corny and saccharine as all, as, as you can, it, it, just the dialogue, you know, oftentimes so cheesy, but it's so earnest and it's it's so original that I, I just love it regardless. So I recommend that. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope that since I like their, their other work, I'm rooting for Lana Wachowski to really kind of like subvert expectations to kind yeah. of present like the repetition of like, oh yeah, the the he's back in the matrix. He doesn't know what's going on. He has to take the, the red pill again. But then it goes in like to different directions that we're not expecting. So yeah. I hope so too. Uh, I got a good feeling. It, uh-huh. They probably will. Yeah. Because I mean, the Wachowskis, if anything, they've always been very daring filmmakers. Yes. Uh-huh. So I, I, I feel like it's pretty safe to say it's not going to be safe. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. I mean, again, even if uh, going back to the original trilogy, what, one thing you can't say about the sequels is that they're not just this retread of the original movie. Like yeah. they, they really went in weird directions or different directions. So yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, but hoping hoping that this one is good hope i'm hoping that it just kind of has like that dip in quality of like the eh, third one's not good but the fourth one kind of brings it back so oh fingers, yeah fingers crossed absolutely cool uh moving on the latest episode of marvel's what if as we said in the beginning uh has the very creative title of just what if zombies yes which is fine the titles doesn't matter it doesn't make her make or break the show Yes, after uh, after walking away and saying we're not doing this, we said we'll come back if they do the zombie episode, and uh, we've arrived. It was true. Go. Yeah, yeah, because for, for anyone that doesn't know, we have not been the biggest fan of this show. Um, it just wasn't work. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work for Andres, and even Court was kind of like, eh. I thought the zombie episode, because I knew it was coming. I saw yeah. it in the, in the previews. I thought it was going to be later. I didn't expect it literally to be like, what <laughs> the the week after we said we weren't going to do it again it's just yeah. okay fine so they brought us back in um but andres tell me did this episode change any of anything for you about this this show are, are your thoughts the same let me hear it. your face your face is telling me no i'm an expressive face man uh yeah no just uh, more of the same uh it was interesting to see disney yeah. I mean, it is Marvel, but it is Disney animation. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's it's their style. It was interesting seeing them tackle a zombie episode, but yeah. no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah, a few things I'll say is that I was surprised by kind of, I don't know, it never really got dark, but it got violent. Which yes. We've talked about before the show 
seems tonally kind of off to me all the time. Like it really does seem like it's skewing younger often, but then it'll have really violent scenes. And this one is the most like people's, you know, they're zombies. So they're getting cut in half. They're getting blown away. Their head, Tony Stark's head got was this spoilers, by the way, Uh, (laughs) his head was eaten by a giant ant, which was kind of cool. So there were, so I was, I, I, I kind of applauded that they, went kind of as dark as they could there's no mm-hmm. real blood like even the zombie blood is just kind of like you know black sludge which yeah you can get away with um so i appreciated that element um but overall yeah it it's still the problems that i think we've had in the past still my, see my biggest problem because you know we're both big zombie fans yeah my biggest issue i was just like wait these are zombies how can they know how to continue to do their marvel superhero things i was Mm -hmm. that's implausible i'm sorry a zombie wouldn't be able to cast the spell or use it i was like no come on yeah yeah shambling corpses man it didn't make sense they wanted like best of both worlds because we've seen examples in in other zombie media of like smart zombies zombies that are that are like intelligent um to an extent yeah um so it's like if they kind of leaned into that angle more that kind of been interesting but i i had the same thought it's just like well it seems like 99 percent of these are just the shambling zombies the mindless zombies but then you have yeah you have like tony stark zombie that's like i'm assuming it it requires like skill and and coordination and and knowledge of the suit to, to power his iron man suit same oh, yeah. with, same with the zombie with dr strange and wong it's like yeah do they have to think about it like they literally they're still doing spells so what is it are they still the same person yeah i mean if you think back to 2008's iron man when he's testing the armor out he mm-hmm. got thrown around the room a couple of times and yeah. it's like a zombie Tony Stark would have blown his own arm off. Yeah. Like dead or, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just a little implausible. I mean, we're talking about zombies, but there's a degree of plausibility yeah. that you can maintain in a zombie. It's uh, one of story. it's one of those things where it has to have sort of an internal logic. Like yeah. I think that a lot of audiences, like ourselves included, could go with sort of a a, fa- a fantasy setting or a fantasy plot if it if it has like a set guideline of rules mm. and it just kind of adheres to it. So right. Any zombie, like regular zombie stuff. Um, okay. Sure. They're, they're the shambling zombies or they're, they're the fast zombies, even in some of like Romero's films, like the, was it the, the day of the dead? They were showing like, okay, with enough time, these yes. zombies, they're almost like toddlers in the sense that like they, they start off as just like mindless, but they can kind of learn. They can yeah. learn how to use tools. But it was done in a way where he didn't, you know, the zombies in that didn't just immediately pick up on it and were communicating. Like it yeah. took time to teach him to press things. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted best of both worlds where they're like, well, it's not just enough just to have Tony Stark be a zombie. He has to also do Iron Man stuff. And it's not and, just, yeah, go ahead. And Hawkeye was still a, a skilled archer. Right? Like, Come on. Right. And like, uh, what was it? falcon still flying i'm like no no (laughs) he would have crashed into a building and he would have been a splat on the wall yeah it didn't yeah it didn't make sense i know it's cartoons don't don't at me um but (laughs) 
it also didn't even really follow the internal logic set up with the franchise. For instance, uh, we have Hope Van Dyne, uh, the the Wasp, right? Mm-hmm. So she, in the Ant Man movies, they established that you have to have these suits on, especially covering your face, because if you shrink or if you expand without the suit, the suit is what protects you. Yeah. So if that's broken, especially the glass, you'll probably just explode. And then, so at the end of this episode, we see that she goes, you know, into into big giant mode, and then her glass gets broken. So her suit is exposed, but she's fine. Yeah. And it's like, what you're not even adhering to like the rules that you set up in previous movies. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but couldn't Wasp fly? Yes. Yeah, she could. And I didn't, I, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see a point where, where they said that her wings were, were fucking broken or anything. Like it seemed yeah. like she was able to fly earlier in the episode. Yeah. But then for, yeah. To, it was like literally just to make her do a sacrifice for the episode. It's like, well, no, just yeah. f- become big and fly. I'm sure the wings, would, you know, whatever. <laughs> they probably like, like Rodan, they would probably just like push some of the zombies away with like the yeah. gale wind force. Boom. Something. Uh, Kaiju reference. Yes, that was a Kaiju reference. Now, my biggest issue though is the way it ends. It ends with a happy ending. Kind of? Well, yeah, they're like, you know, Vision discovers he can reverse it using his little gem of whatever magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and they're like, all right, we're going to go and broadcast this in Wakanda and it'll fix the zombie problem. If you really think about that, that's terrifying. Yeah. Because these zombies had, they were decrepit, they were disfigured, their noses were missing, chunks of their cheeks were gone. And mm-hmm. you think about if they reverse it, that's not going to heal up. No, I mean, yeah, it's one of those like magic, like just wipe away wish things of like, not only are they just going to be alive, but they're going to fix all the, the decomposing that happened. It yeah, makes, it, it just be a, a planet of ghouls afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be horrific. If they yeah. literally just brought back consciousness, but their yeah. bodies are the same. It's like, ah! There's everyone in the world is just screaming in agony. Just all the pain kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I said kind of is is because like the ending was like them going to Wakanda, but then it had like a few seconds shot of like zombie Thanos with the yeah. full gauntlet, which yeah. Which is fan service, whatever, I don't care. But my, the point is that he had the full gauntlet with the Infinity Stones. So to me, it seemed like they were hinting at that Thanos was waiting for him in Wakanda and then took the, took the Mind Stone. Oh. So it's like they didn't even accomplish their goal. I don't know if that's what they were going for. That's just what I took from it. I, it didn't even register until you said that. And I even saw the Infinity Gauntlet with all the stones in that yeah. last shot. Oops. Well... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so it unclear. Yeah, but yeah, the this like I said, the same problems that I had with the other episodes is that tonally it doesn't really. I don't know what they're going for. Is this for kids? Is it not for kids? Uh, the jokes are just bad. They're just it's very cringeworthy. Just like and like I said, I I, I know that no, that word is overused, but it, I genuinely wince at a lot of these jokes that just don't make sense. Yeah, they're just not funny. I will say this, there were two jokes that made me laugh in this. Um, one was when Happy Hogan was being pulled. He was, they were in like the, they were in Grand Central Station mm-hmm. and he was like, he was 
they started they set up the joke and i thought it was kind of lame at first when he was like shooting his iron man repulsors and saying like blam 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 oh yeah i was like that's kind of lame but what was funny was he started getting dragged away into the darkness and from the distance you could still hear him be like blam, blam, and you just would see just like a flash of light so i was like okay that's kind of funny that made me laugh and the only other joke that made me laugh was when towards the end when they were flying away from this compound like spider-man T'Challa and, and Paul Rudd's head. They were flying away from the compound in Hope Van Dyne, giant wasp. Like it was like a there was like a beat of silence where they're like, okay, it seems like they escaped. And then she just throws one zombie at it. And it's yeah. just like, and I thought that was funny. And, like the the thunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it, everything I, else was just ugh. Yeah, no, what's what's funny is, once again, uh, you had problems with Sebastian Stan last time. <laughs> he doesn't... He, sh- he should stay away from microphones. I'm he sorry. Doesn't, he, I could just feel him not caring. Yeah. I, li- I like him. I think he, he is a good actor. And especially oh, yeah. if you've seen him in things outside of the Marvel films, the dude commits. But it just this really just feels like a paycheck where he's like, okay, I'll just say these lines. And, it's, and he just doesn't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you did you notice the callbacks to the other shows that they had this year? Did Maybe. You, it was it was weird because it was like we saw Falcon die, and then uh, the lady apologizes to Bucky. She's uh-huh. like, "Sorry about your friend," and he was like, "Eh." And then like the whole like Vision and Wanda. Yeah. And, I felt I felt like those were like they were like referencing like hey remember these shows and it's like yeah we do they were pretty great uh (laughs) do you remember these shows that came out less than a year ago I'm like yeah yeah. I'm aware and it's just like yeah we do remember them what's uh what is going on here with this shovelware that you are producing I don't know man I like this show seems to have its fans and that's fine I don't does know. It? it it does. I mean, it, there's people that seem to to enjoy this. It's I I suppose. Again, I I, I think it I think it skews kind of younger, um, but the general consensus online seems to be like this is fun. But I guess I'm just not there in the sense that I I don't know. I'm not like as in love with this franchise to the point where where it's enough for me to be like. Oh, zombie Captain America! Mind blown! Like, it, yeah. Who cares? I don't know. That's yeah, just yeah. Me. It's just fan service references. It's great, but it, it doesn't. You need more to it mm-hmm. for some people like us who are like, well, yeah. that's that's great. But what else are you gonna give me mm-hmm. along with my cake? Yeah, my my frosting here. Yeah, just just seeing X character as a zombie just doesn't really yeah. interest me. So yeah, again, maybe. This will be the final, the final nail on the coffin for this show, unless unless there's some weird out of left field episode that we hear about that we're like, okay, we'll check that one out. Um, I guess maybe, but I can't <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be. So I really think that maybe this is a <laughs> second time's a charm. I'm done with this show. If you sometimes, like it, that's cool. Sometimes that is better. Uh, there you go. Um, so yeah, if, if you guys are fans of the show, uh, that's really cool. I, it just, I could see why it appeals to people. I, I just, it's not really my thing. doesn't seem like it's Andres's thing. So you keep on enjoying it, Marvel fans. All right. Now onto the, onto the, the, the topic I really wanted to talk about. 
the juicy deliciousness that was malignant oh my god malignant the latest horror film in in quotations um from from director james wan uh who who you know he's he he started out in horror he he did the first saw movie he did the uh two conjuring films he did the first two insidious films the guy knows horror um he does he's he's quickly becoming my new favorite horror director at this point yeah. oh right because i do enjoy his work yeah like you just mm. like you watch a james wong film you know it's gonna be at least entertaining yeah and it's it's definitely his presence was definitely missed uh with the third conjuring movie that came out earlier this year you yeah. could just feel like there was kind of a lack of energy there was a lack of style and in vision with that film but he's back with malignant which um wasn't really on my radar going into this i i knew about it but the trailer just kind of made it seem i don't even know if you saw the trailer for it no. but but it, <laughs> the trailer made it seem like another just haunting movie like it really seemed like this was conjuring four which is not what it is at no. all so and, and yeah, they shouldn't they shouldn't have done that because I mean, okay, uh, very quickly, I think we should, for the sake of the viewers, if you can see this blind, mm -hmm. I think it's better to see it blind. Uh, you should skip, we should put a time code to skip forward or whatever, however yeah. we're going to handle this, because I really think this is a movie you need to see blind. Mm -hmm. Trailer does not give you an, any idea of what it is. I live under a rock, so I didn't see the trailer anyway. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to say just preemptively go see it. I'm calling it at this point until something dethrones it movie of the year for me, for me. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay. So insane. Uh -huh. So yeah, Don, Don spoiler uh, review real quick. It's so you think it's movie of the year. Well, we'll just kind of give our general thoughts and then I'll mention when the, when there's going to be spoilers and we'll die. Yeah. So movie of the year for you, you really enjoyed this. It was ridiculous, and I just don't see any other film being as ridiculous as this film ended up being. I I will agree with that, for sure. <laughs> um, so where I am with it, I overall I would recommend it, if, especially if you're a fan of horror. Um, it does get ridiculous, like I mean ridiculous with a capital R. And mm -hmm. I think for me, generally, I I had fun with it, but it did get just so silly to me <laughs> at some point that i was like i get it like i get why this appeals to a lot of people i was just kind of like all right this is this is absurd uh but i'm glad i watched it and i would recommend it to people but yeah seriously don't if you don't know anything about this movie don't look it up if you have the means to go see it check it out if you like horror if you're not into horror if you're not into gory horror no you're clear <laughs> yeah. jesus christ uh two things i'll say that are non-spoilery a it is a slasher movie you need to know this going in. It is a slasher movie. It's not a haunting film. It's a slasher flick. Holy yeah. shit. And second, there are so many twists. So that, many twists. And that's why I'm saying, once again, please go see this blind because the plot twists are so effective. You don't know what's going to happen. You can start guessing after a while. Oh, I disagree. But we'll get I, into it. Yeah. We'll get into it. Okay. But so, yeah. recommendation from both of us. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, we're going to jump into spoilers. So again, if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out first and then come back here. So spoilers. Um, I will say this right yes. off the bat. 
I think because I again I didn't even know what the plot was. I saw the trailer. I I just kind of forgot about it. I was just like, oh, it's a ghost movie. So I didn't even know what the plot was. I will say this that I I was just kind of curious. So when on Rotten Tomatoes and some of like the snapshot of the reviews, they kept mentioning the twist, the twist, the twist. So although I didn't know what the twist was or what the story was, I did go in expecting a twist. So I think yeah. maybe I was like looking for clues more so than if I just went in not even knowing there was going to be a twist. So that's why I was able to call it really early on mm -hmm. what this was. But even then it still just took it. It took, I was like, Oh, that's, that's what the, that's what the premise is. But then they took that premise and the execution and they just turned it up to 11. Like, yeah, holy shit. So we're not going to do a, a full, you know, beat by beat of the, of this. Uh, but just to start off, the movie seems like, like it's just going to be a haunting, right? For yeah. most, for most of it. I mean, there's an opening scene of like they're in a hospital in what's <laughs> the most ridiculous <laughs> haunted asylum at the edge of a cliff that yeah. I love. I thought that was great. Oh yeah. Um, so great opening shot of just like the most ridiculous, impractical asylum that's like hanging off the cliff. Super gothic. Super like this is Halloween vibes. Not the movie, but you know this this uh, the theme borderline burton-esque without sure. being too stylized Dude, they could accept the same they kept the same shot and just had like danny elfman's music and you yeah. were like boom, 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 and you're like yep this is tim burton <laughs> um so it starts off in this hospital people are getting fucked up uh in this room by this patient that they're like gabriel they keep calling him gabriel you mm -hmm. don't really know what's going on but this is where i first was i, I first got clued in to what was going on is that they they don't write they don't quite show it right mm -hmm. but they they show behind they they subdue the patient gabriel and then from behind kind of like a plastic kind of clear uh sheet you could kind of see like a weird kind of gross face thing and they say like we're gonna cut off this tumor or whatever the fuck she says the yeah. evil doctor and so right off the bat i was like okay it's an evil it's an evil thing it's an evil conjoined twin. I kind of, I kind of picked up. I was like, okay, it's an evil, maybe not conjoined twin, but it was like it's an evil tumor, especially because yeah. it's called malignant. That's what I thought was going on. Yeah, yeah. So, did you notice that as well, kind of? Or I was, I was picking up a bit. Yeah, it was yeah. like I was trying to figure out what's happening, especially because then you know, as later events happen, I'm like, all right, what is the relationship of this twisted, mm -hmm. fucked up, whatever it is, yeah. to the main character? uh so yeah you know you're starting to pick up on things but mm. yeah it i it throws you for a loop a couple of it times does. it does yeah it does have a lot of like red flags and subterfuge uh going yeah. forward especially because when it starts like <laughs> you messaged me you were like oh shit like just abusive husband alert because we jump forward to present day uh that took place in the 90s that whole little opening sequence and then it says present day and it was one of the, <laughs> the like one of the fastest turns into douchebag husband territory that I've seen. Yeah. It was hilarious. I mean, it's awful. Domestic abuse is awful, but just the switch where it's literally just him watching TV, like, oh, hey, honey. And then she says one thing to him and he's like, what the fuck? And just like throwing her. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I, I got scared, honestly. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it, it's it's like borderline Rob Zombie territory because yeah. he does that. He makes his characters really nasty and abusive mm. and violent. 
uh, can't really say spoilers because we're in spoiler territory. We're in spoiler. Yeah. So say what it, say whatever. Don't worry, he'll be dead within ten minutes. Yeah. That's <laughs> I I figured I was like okay the only reason why they are are they have to be setting him up to die. That's the only reason why they made him this repulsive this early on because the main character whose name is Emily Karen Emma. Uh-oh. I she had a name. She, had, she had a name. I usually have my phone with notes by me, but it's it was dead, so I, it's being charged right now. Her name was Emily, I think. Anyway, main character lady. She, you know, she comes in and she's already holding her belly, so it's like, okay, she's pregnant, which is a, a visual shorthand to add more tension to any scene with her. And if you know, oh yeah, we're, we're empathetic creatures, so we see a woman that's pregnant. You don't want anything bad to happen to her. Yes. Her name was Maddie. Maddie. There we go. Initially, it was yeah. Madison. I think it. Can, I think her later. It's revealed that her name was Emily. I, it maybe, was. I think. Okay. Cool. Uh, so Madison, Maddie. Uh, she's pregnant, and right off the bat, the husband's just like, "Are you going to kill another one of my kids?" And starts like poking her belly. So he's just a douchebag. They they introduce that she's had multiple miscarriages, and this is key. And I I was like, mm, "I'm on to you, movie." <laughs> He throws her against a wall and her the back of her head gonk, just hits the wall. Holy shit, she's bleeding. He does the thing immediately. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is where the movie kind of seems like it's going into ghost territory. Because later that night, you know, the TV flicks on. Things are kind of, you know, like turning on. And it's it almost looks like a like a Japanese horror film where you mm. see like this dark shadow with dark matted hair come out and you know kill him. So I was getting like the ring vibes. What about you? I definitely was like at first because I was blind to this entire thing. I was like, yeah. oh no, is this gonna be a ghost movie? Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm no offense to James Wan, great guy, but it's like, all right, I, I've seen your ghost films. Yeah. I do like variety. Yeah. And variety we do get because that oh, really because yeah. that it sets it up and I'm like okay ghost movie kills the husband in a cool way also like the ring where you know when you find the dead body they're kind of like disfigured oh yeah so Maddie finds her husband's corpse and his head is like twisted all the way around it's pretty gnarly um, and then you know the the ghost goes to attack her and she wakes up and you know finds out her husband's dead but also that the baby that she was carrying did not make it so it's big it's very emotional it's very sad oh, yeah it's a sad moment very sad uh kind of undercut by the fact that i think maddie is the only good actor in the movie um that actress i thought the other performances were not good because the sister comes in she's not very good uh, and- she she's trying her best though oh, i'll give God. her that much credit she, she's <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not gonna crap on the on the actress. I I think that she she could probably do well. I think just the material she was given in the direction. I think there really was like they didn't know how. Are they right? They're writing the camp line. It's a right on the line of camp. But I don't think that a lot of the actors knew how to do that because not only her, but then you have detective model come in as soon as, as soon as he came in he's like my name is detective this and i'm like no you're not you you just got off a shift from abercrombie and fitch like yeah, this you, is, you're an underwear model sir the dude was like 25 and he's like i'm detective like no you're you're like a rookie oh anyway so detective model comes in with sassy black 
uh, co- that was kind of weird. I, that seemed a bit anachronistic. I'm like, she, well, there's a lot of anachronicity in this there, film. That uh, is true. I do want to point out before we go on, this has a lot of callbacks to New Line Cinema '80s horror films. Okay, the, I was the vibe interspersed throughout. Very yeah, there is there is a lot of references, maybe not even references, but movies that I I thought of while watching this um, yeah so and, we'll, we'll talk we'll touch on them about what we think the, the references were and that that, that kind of cuts back to the the performances of these actors and actresses you're like are we you know how much of this is like homage to yeah. lesser films with smaller budgets mm-hmm. yeah because i i agree like i think that's kind of where it was off-putting where i i think that in the hands of i don't know I think that they. I think that with better direction, mm-hmm. uh, I think that they. It, I could have been on board and kind of understood what what tone they were going for. But that makes sense. It felt uh, very earnest, and to the point where I'm like, this is just, um, just kind of corny. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's always intending to be that corny. Um, but yeah, it's from there. It kind of drops the ghosty bit. And then it jumps into the true genre that it is, which mm-hmm. is Italian Gallo film. Oh yeah, oh yeah. To the T, because if for anybody knows, if, if I'm pronouncing that correct, is it Gallo or Giallo? Uh, I'm, I'm Italian. Yeah. I should know. We're both part. Well, I'm part Italian myself. Yeah. I should know it, but so I apologize. But it's the genre that both Mario Bava and Dario Argento essentially, you know, perfected. Those from oh, like yeah. the '60s and '70s. Essentially, it's a serial killer but it's a serial killer that you don't see their face and they, they have the one iconic thing that they have is dark black gloves so everything from tenebrae to um to blood and black lace to a million different other movies from from those two italian horror masters it, it, that's what it is it's essentially just a black gloved killer going around and murdering people and so i didn't expect that at all but as soon as it was going i was like oh this is okay cool so that was the first callback because there's other things that happen in the movie um uh that are just weird as shit yes when it shifted into this what were your thoughts were you excited were you like i mean clearly you liked it so i think that you enjoyed the the shift into like italian horror like i did oh yeah no i i i was uh relieved and i was yeah. like okay what is uh what's happening on my screen right now yeah. i'm intrigued uh my mind went into body horror territory initially okay I, I thought what was happening because early on you could see like the arms are going in the wrong direction with yes. the slasher his movements are really weird and unnatural I was starting to go into territory of, you know, with it being tinged by 80s horror, I was thinking, is it like they cut off this conjoined tumorous growth and then it like went waiting around in a biohazard bin, taking other amputated limbs and making oh, this Oh, like, dude, that would have been, that have been gnarly as well. That's where I thought they were going with it. Um, I wasn't disappointed that it wasn't it, but that's where I was thinking. I was like, that arm is in the wrong direction. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So you know. it's it's kind of very off-putting because you like you see it at first, and it's just kind of like, okay, that person's running weird. But then you see when they attack, and it is really kind of cool, like where they're kind of stabbing backwards, essentially, yeah. like the arm is going in the wrong direction, everything's going in the wrong direction. 
and then the kills themselves are pretty gnarly. They don't oh, cut yeah. away. Like they show them like just eviscerating some people, like stabbing them in the face, which is awesome. It's, oh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. But yeah. like in a good way, just like, okay, okay. It didn't go into like torture porn territory where it's too no. gratuitous, but no, they didn't hold back. It wasn't no. like a quick one and done. It was like, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't linger but it it did not shy away which i appreciated yeah. so i enjoyed that also reminded me of the 80s where you, you saw some extreme shit in some 80s oh, yeah. films and so Hell i'm yeah. glad that they wasn't just like a close-up of a knife and then a close-up of them screaming and then whatever so mm-hmm. people get fucked up in a cool also they they set up not just with the black gloves but they set up kind of a cool iconography for this character uh where it's like dark black hair they, they have like a kind of a, a leather trench coat and his weapon of choice, uh, essentially to give context to what this is, uh, it's Gabriel. They say it's Gabriel. It's it's like the the what the excised in the very beginning of the movie. So mm-hmm. he starts getting revenge on all those evil doctors at the asylum that that try to get rid of him. So he first attacks the main nurse, Dr. Feelgood, whatever her name is. Dr. <laughs> What's her name? It was like Dr. Beverly. Weaver. Weaver. I think. Doctor... Hang on. Dr. Long list of names. Florence... I think it is Weaver. Yeah, it is Dr. Florence okay. Weaver. The reason why I, th- I, th- I thought that is because I thought of Dream Weaver. And so I remembered that there was a song. So I was like, Dr. Feelgood? What? Is-? Anyway. So anyway, Dr. Feelgood. Gonna make you feel all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, unless, <laughs> unless you're Gabriel. So he goes unless and you're Gabriel. breaks into her house um, and and kind of grabs this trophy that she has. It's like best surgeon award or something. And he fastens it and it's his golden dagger. So he has mm-hmm. this gnarly looking golden dagger that he's yes. just stabbing people. Yeah, the fashioning of that trophy into a weapon afterwards. That was so 80s horror. Oh, yeah. I, was, I loved it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the guy has a layer. He has this layer, this creepy layer that looks like an attic. Uh, spoilers, it is an attic. I know. Uh, where it has like this fan going with the light coming through. And he, he um, in addition to killing like one by one, the people that were at the hospital, he also captures this woman. Uh, mm-hmm. and holds her hostage and he captures her in the seattle underground which i didn't know was a thing but it's a real yes. which is cool um essentially there you know seattle seattle the city now is literally built one story above what old town seattle used to be so you can take these tours and this is a real thing and you can see the old cobblestone streets and old lampposts which is weird to me i don't know i don't whatever but it's cool it happens uh but yeah no what a great location to put a fucking horror movie in yeah yeah wonderful great great locations very atmospheric um Mm -hmm. and yeah and so it's i really like the killer also also it's a good uh red herring or is that the phrase yeah red herring yeah, it is a good. I, I was like, wait, I know it's something with fish. It's, uh, a good, it's a good. It's a good white cod. It's a good white cod because it also it throws you into like, wait, is this a ghost movie though? Because mm. it's all these like spooky old like horse buggies and shit. Yeah. And uh, it was a good way to subvert people's expectations and one mm. of the many twists it takes. Yeah. So now we're getting now we can kind of get into the twists and where i felt like this was predictable um 
So it's going through the, uh, the Italian horror route and a lot of it just seemed sort of uh, forecasted for me. So <laughs> there was a point halfway through where I just paused the film because I watched this at home. It was on HBO Max. So I didn't go to the theaters. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, get some water or something. And both my wife and I just kind of looked uh, and we we're like, okay, so it's Gabriel's on the back of her head still. And this is, this is her. Um, so essentially something we didn't, we didn't reference was that when these killings are happening, the main character, Maddie, kind of goes into like this trance state and she like, like the whole, <laughs> for anybody listening, like the fuck just happened? Well, I mean, literally, if you watch the movie, like the everything around her, the, the camera does a little spin and just, it just kind yeah. of like morphs. So this, she thinks, oh, good. This wonderful use of uh, digital effects to morph the backgrounds. Mm. For sure, yeah. So she thinks, Maddie thinks like, oh, I'm just doing some laundry. And then everything morphs and she's in someone else's house entirely. And she's kind of watching helplessly as Gabriel starts killing people. Um, so it's really cool. So you see that there is this sort of connection with Gabriel. And the things that sort of solidified what I knew what it was, was that they established early on that Gabriel can only communicate through electronics. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple scenes where it's just like the main character is talking to Gabriel just on the phone. And I, again, granted, they show us, they don't show, they kind of show a bit of Gabriel's face and it just looks like, it's like a oh, weird, it's scary. Nasty. It's a nasty. It's a nasty. <laughs> um, but then again, we're also seeing that he's just doing things backwards. And I just thought, okay, it's possible. I guess it's possible that they cut off Gabriel in the beginning and he had a fully grown body or like you said, he just he just picked up other parts and, and kind of Frankenstein it together. Or it's literally just on the back of her fucking head. And that's what it was. He no. the whole movie built up, and I'm I'm know I'm jumping over stuff so we can go back, but this is the reason why we gotta talk about this movie is that they introduced Gabriel. It's like he has like this imaginary friend as she was a kid, just talking to him. And Gabriel's a little freak too. He's just, mm -hmm. talk, he's just talking to a little girl, Maddie, because we see like from home home videos of her as a kid. And he, she has like a little like toy phone and she picks it up. And she's like, what? No, I don't want to kill the baby. <laughs> just the weird Gabriel. Have a like, slice of cake. Yeah. So Gabriel, <laughs> Gabriel is, uh, what is he? So it's it's not just that he's a tumor because he is a tumor. It is a tumor. <laughs> on the back of her fucking skull, which I can't emphasize enough. Um, and not only, not only that, but he can one, communicate through any electronics, apparently. He's, he's psychokinetic. Apparently, why? And then two, he can also like produce like these very vivid hallucinations for Maddie. So he will make her think you're doing one thing, like doing the laundry, or as she was a kid, we see that Gabriel made her think that she got a knife and was going to cut into a piece of cake. When in actuality, we see that that it's a little girl standing over her mother who's pregnant with her sister and is about to stab her stomach. Yeah. Um, which is gnarly. And mm -hmm. so, like, how does he do that? Mind powers, because they're conjoined. No, it's totally. Oh, you know all those conjoined twins in real life that, that can manipulate each other's thoughts. Um, so I mean, doesn't that doesn't make sense? But that's the least of it. But the whole reveal, because we're it's essentially we're cutting back and forth. It's at a um, 
essentially the police officer, Dr. Mo- no, not Dr. Model, Detective Model. Detective Model. Detective Model and his sassy black sidekick. Um, they've, they've essentially, it's like, look, we, everything is, is tying Maddie together with, with the killings. Like she knows what it's going to happen. She goes to them. He's like, I can see the killings. And then literally, literally the moment that we talked about that was uh, kidnapped falls through the fucking roof Yeah, at, at this point, which is hilarious. Like, dude, she's just having, she's just talking with the cops at her house, right? Maddie's house. Uh, and then just like, she just fucking falls through the roof. Um, and then they, they go into the attic. They find out that the, the killer's lair was in her attic uh, the entire time. So everything is pointing to Maddie. And again, at this point, I'm like, I know it. This is, it is her. It's the back of her fucking head. Um, I don't know if Court's going to appreciate how much I'm saying the F word, but there's no other way, there's no other word to use. Uh, so everything's leading up to it. Maddie's in a prison cell. Which, which is a scene in and of itself that I need to yes. talk to you about. And with, they, with, with the lady from the 70s and a lady from the 80s. And what she, decade is this? She goes through a time warp. I am positive. Yeah. And anybody that, that has seen it, I, I'm almost convinced literally she went through a time warp because she goes in it and it's, it's the jail cell that literally is like, here's a fucking gangster from like, from like a greaser, this person from the seventies. I saw someone post this tweet and it's so true. There was a black woman that was dressed like Beyonce from Austin Powers gold member with a full on Afro and something that has never happened in any holding cell, (laughs) any woman's holding cell ever, but they just like, Hey, you know, this one random woman in general, fuck her and they just start beating maddie up that's not what happens <laughs> like okay i'm not putting i'm not gonna say any names but i've known i've known people that have gotten uh a dui before right okay and okay. so they've been in uh, a late a woman's holding cell nobody gives a shit you're yeah. you're in there it's maybe a couple other people that are picked up for similar things they just do their own thing nobody's just like it's, it was like she was on the fucking prison yard you know they wouldn't know. have that scene of like okay maybe in a woman's prison but they she was just in a holding cell that's apparently not guarded yeah like the the, the closest guard is like two and a half miles south apparently so <laughs> because shit gets that's where all hell breaks loose and that's when the movie is just like screw it before we do that though there was another red herring which was when they were interrogating her maddie fucking gabriel calls on the phone and they put it on speaker and that was just another red herring where you're like wait but how if there are two how and then yeah i was that's where i was like um i was gonna say i I was like, I'm on to you, movie. They were trying. They were trying to throw me for a curve. I'm like, I see what you're doing. Because again, they they established that Gabriel, for whatever reason, can communicate through electronics. Mm-hmm. And that he can't like speak on the back of her head, but he can like whatever. So I was like, so yeah, he could easily be in the room with them and then um, and still then call was... on the phone. And that's what happened. He was and in the, the room. He ended up, he was in the fucking room. <laughs> So we get the simultaneous reveal again. Maddie's in a prison cell, getting the shit beat out of her by by two people that should not exist in this time. 
um they, they are women out of time and it was, it was a time prison you see it was wild like doctor who has nothing on this and while that's happening her sister her adopted sister which oh by the way i gotta mention sorry i'm jumping around but just so much okay so one of my favorite moments that i laughed out loud at was that earlier in the movie uh after the initial attack after maddie's husband died she's talking with her sister and they dropped the bomb. And apparently the movie thought this was a big ass reveal. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Where she's All, eight, go ahead. Th- th- as I said, there's like 15 plot twists or they're treated as plot twists. That was one of them where it's like, oh, hey, you're adopted. And it's like, what? And it is presented in that manner. Seriously, because it's like, I need something to tell you. Like, like sister to sister. I'm adopted. And there's this dramatic push in and this musical cue of like, don't. And the sister's <laughs> face is just like, Wah. like, oh my God. And then it goes into this weird rendition of Where Is My Mind from the Pixies yeah. that they play about 17 and a half times throughout it's, this movie. It's Gabriel's theme. I, I, I picked up on that and I was like, that is Where Is My Okay. Oh, it was so clever. He's Gabriel's musical. just listening and he said this is my jam yeah so so anyway so we're with we're with the adopted sister and the adopted mother and they're watching old old videos and stuff no no no, not just old videos but they're they 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 his sister her sister i forgot oh my god i forgot all about this okay so yeah i'm sorry she, for, she drives she drives to the to the asylum and i don't know if you laughed at this but because it was one it was a green screen but she drove literally to the edge of the fucking cliff. Yeah. Did you to park her car? She's like, you could have parked maybe 20 yards back. She's like, no, I gotta park my car right on the edge of the cliff. She just lives her life to the extreme. Baby. I guess so. Because then, <laughs> then she goes into the the creepiest asylum in the world and like, she, by herself. It was like the Silent Hill Asylum of Horrors. Like yeah, dude. I, I swear to God, like, I could have been with, like, a group of, like, five of my burliest guy friends, and I would still be like, hey, let's not go into the fucking basement of this creepy asylum. Yeah, the fucking basement. The place you don't go in a place nope. like that. And she just goes, this, like, this 105-pound woman goes by herself. By herself. And it wasn't it nighttime? Or it was, was it? it was the nightest of nights. It was yeah, just like a full moon going on or like, something. Like, rule number one of anything yeah. ever, don't go into a place like that in the middle of the night by yourself. Like, holy shit. I'd be like, hey... Let's get five friends and we're yeah. going to go in here at 2 p.m. on a yeah. sunny day. If it starts drizzling, we're not even going to finish the trip there. No. Fuck it. No, no, no. Yeah. And even um, then, even then you get in, you get out. But she's yeah. got, she's the most, she's the bravest person I've ever known. And she does it. And she gets, she gets some old footage uh, of, <laughs> of, uh, of Emily. Uh, Madison's character's name was Emily as a kid. She was uh, put up for adoption because she was born. Go ahead that was another kind of hint at what was going to happen because she couldn't remember anything from before the adoption. And you're like, well, if you know, your brains were sharing real estate, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, surgery, uh, it would do that. Sure. Why not? Um, so, so they have this, they're watching this home video, uh, her sister and her mom at home. 
and they they're talking to Emily as a kid, and then it does a pan around, and you just see on the back a puppet, but it's amazing and it's beautiful, and I love it. It's literally just on the back of her head. It has ar- little dangly arms, and it's just like little yeah. little T Rex arms, little yeah. T Rex arms, and it's just yeah. just snarling, just so angry, and that's <laughs> on the back of her fucking head, and they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're just gonna we're just gonna remove it. And which is hilarious to me because it's like one, this woman would have horrific back scars. That's what I kept thinking too. I was like, we did never see her back. I'm surprised we, nobody. But I think we saw the back of her neck, right? Maybe. No, it was always covered by hair yeah. because they were, you know, <sighs> so yeah, hiding, I mean, hiding things behind yeah. that. Granted, we never saw her back. I don't think. I'm pretty sure we didn't. But I could imagine that she would have the worst. Because literally like, they, yeah, they, it's not just a tumor. It's literally her back. They cut off her back yeah. and then they must have had skin grafts on it. And also in one of the funniest visuals for me in the movie was they had this shot of like pushing Gabriel's face back into her skull. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's how surgery works. You know, if you have a brain swelling, the surgeons will just push your brain back into your skull. No. That is that is the danger zone. You just gave that woman brain damage. Yeah, for real. Uh, I kept thinking about that too. I was like, well, if Gabriel's still alive, you'd hear like gnawing sounds on the inside of that skull. <laughs> and it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's just there waiting the entire time. Uh, so so they push they push Gabriel back into her skull, as you do as a surgeon. Yes. Um, and then they just sew it up. Everything's fine. It's great. Uh, and then he's unleashed again again in the early in the beginning of the movie when douchebag husband throws her against the wall her head just bashes against the wall and it unleashes gabriel so then the movie just goes just does a big old line of coke and does not slow down from there just goes for broke so madison jumps up in the prison cell with like 15 other women the 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 time warp cell she, time warp, so. she rips open her skull so like yeah so like a gross <laughs> little face comes out her body contorts so it's like facing the other way and then she just starts fucking doing kung fu on him and it's like mortal combat like she punches through his chest she's breaking arms it's wild that's one thing i kept thinking about too i'm like okay i can buy the insanity they're presenting us but why is she so goddamn strong i don't know yeah that's another thing telekinesis or some not telekinesis but like you said uh, psychokinesis exactly uh and and can can do stuff with electricity and is apparently also super goddamn inhumanly strong for no reason Mm -hmm. uh my initial thought i will say this at first when they introduced the gabriel character I thought he was an alien. I was getting, I was like, oh, Independence Day alien style. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, at least as far as we know, no. But yeah. it's almost like maybe you should have gone that direction because it would explain the strength. They they didn't really explain where he came from, which is fine. We don't need to have an explanation for everything. But it's- Well, it, no, they, they did. They oh, did, did they? It, he was, uh, what was it? There's some kind of condition where it's like you have uh, a conjoined twin, but they don't yeah. develop fully as the zygote splits or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I just meant like they didn't really explain why he has super strength. Oh, that part. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
no so which is fine yeah they did explain essentially what it was it was like this conjoined twin essentially but it was um in in most cases when there are um because a lot of conjoined twins that are that are uh in the em embryonic state they don't last like one one twin will kind of absorb the other yeah. um and every once in a while, in real life, by the way, in every once in a while, you know, someone will be born and there might be like little remnants of like something on their body that you can just quickly remove. But in Gabriel's case, it was like arms and a face. Um, and, and, and he was a parasitic conjoined twin. That was the specific thing they pointed mm -hmm. out. Why, aside from the fact that he can head kill anybody with his mind, yeah. the fact that he was feeding off of her body and so she was dying. So they were like, well, fuck this. Get rid of the fucking creeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also in a weird thing, they just described like the three other miscarriages that Madison had were because Gabriel was just feeding off the fetuses, which was yeah. like, it was a gross touch. That was like definitely another 80s thing. Oh, yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. Where they just don't care and they're just like, fuck it. Like, let's just get nasty with this so this is what i'll say i again i although i feel like i pegged what the twist was like oh it's the back of her head i will say the movie <laughs> the presentation of it and where it went after that that i did not call i didn't expect <laughs> again i didn't expect her to turn into jackie chan and, <laughs> and brutally murder like 20 women in the time warp cell bones coming out of arms yeah. and shit because she's uh, breaking them and yeah uh. and again this is where we say like the the cop had to like uh, the, the nearest guard had to run a marathon just to just to go but you know because he comes in or he he someone finally shows up so i don't know how they didn't hear it they didn't hear anybody screaming or calling yeah. for help 10 people getting murdered simultaneously yeah. but but gabriel um excuse me gabriel um breaks free you know, kills the cop, takes the keys, uh, gets his accoutrement back. He gets his his coat and everything and his knife. And then it turns into a, a legit action movie for yes. a little bit. Um, did you ever, this is related, but did you ever see James Wan's Aquaman? No, I did okay. not. The, the only reason why I said it is because uh, this scene felt very much like some of his action scenes in Aquaman where it's a lot of like very wide angle lens, almost fisheye, almost very wide angle and a lot of like whoop, like swishing around with the choreography. And mm -hmm. that's what was happening here. Again, this is where it's like, it was like Jackie Chan. It was literally like, he was like doing Kung Fu and stabbing people. And it was, it wasn't even a horror movie at this point. It was just yeah, an it action was, movie. Just insanely entertaining. But <laughs> it was hilarious because one, he's doing everything backwards again. And you, it was this mixture of like from wide shots, you would see a stuntman with just a fake mask of Madison on his yes. head, just oh. like just a fake mask. And then they would cut to like some close ups of like the real actress's face just on the back of this person. Hilarious. It was, I was laughing out loud of how I, I can't emphasize how just like not just even the concept, but visually. Yes. It was hilarious and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, uh, that's why I love this movie. Is I'm like, oh my god, they went for it, and they fucking went for it with this they, one. Yeah, yeah that, that. So that's one thing I'll say. It's like I did not expect it to go this hardcore. <laughs> and, and this is where before we get to the ending, this is where a couple other um, 
horror movies that came to mind. I want to hear more about references that you thought as well was uh, two movies. One was It's Alive from the 70s, which is a which is also like a it's like a demon baby that's born and it goes on a killing spree. And it's it's similar where like you see the baby and it's just like it's like a weird little goblin puppet. <laughs> and 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 also the movie Basket Case. <laughs> Did you see Basket Case? I've seen Basket Case. So, I've, I've seen all three of them. Oh my god, I've only seen the first one. But that's oh. also another conjoined twin, but they they removed the conjoined twin and it's just a little puppet. Um yeah. and that's where I afterwards at the end of it is even though I had a lot of fun with this one, I said if only this was not a re not remade, but pre-made, like if the same exact script was given to some low budget company in the 1980s, mm-hmm. it would have it would nothing. It would have been amazing. It would have been yes. the same. Th- this would have been a cult classic. Absolutely. But, but now it's you know there's more modern kind of special effects and it's it's looks a little more stylish and, and up to date. Uh, but it the same script could have worked flawlessly in in 1980s absolutely uh, which is which is a testament that's not a that's not a criticism i thought that was a, a tremendous amount of fun um, oh yeah but then it gets to the to the ending that it lost me a little bit so <laughs> they he um i think we established i don't know if i said it but uh, the woman that we talked about that was kidnapped by gabriel earlier oh yeah it's revealed that this was the, the the technically the biological mother of Gabriel and Madison. Yes, uh, she was a teenager at the time, uh, and this this baby was was conceived under uh, an act of assault. Again, very 1980s, where they're just like, "This is trash. Everything is just trash and grimy." What happened to the the, the teenage mother? Oh, she was assaulted. It's like Jesus Christ. Um, so Gabriel's on his way to his ho- to the hospital to to kill his biological mother because he's very angry so mm-hmm. angry um and then they have a confrontation the the sister comes and she's like remember who you are uh and there's like a reverse uno card that happens so there's a scene where uh madison traps they have a fake out where gabriel thinks he killed the mother and he thinks he killed the sister but really uh, Madison was like, well, I did a reverse Uno and now I created a false reality for you and now you're trapped in my prison mind cell, which is that's dumb in and of itself. But <laughs> the dialogue Andres was just so bad. I wish I checked it again to, to pick it up, but it was just really like, I don't know, just like in the performance was just like, you'll never get out of here. You're it's, stuck in my, oh man. It's uh. I felt like it was it was it's very uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where it's like I've got the power for the dreams now, Freddy. Yeah, yeah. That, it was it was like yeah, Dream Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt. I mean, uh, coincidentally, I don't know if you know this. New Line owns Freddy. Yeah, yeah. That was before before they were known as like a, a serious company because of Lord yeah. of the Rings. They made schlock like that. So yeah, I didn't I didn't make that connection until now. But you're absolutely right both produced by new line cinema mm-hmm. um which is another reason why this would have fit in perfectly i think with the 80s oh yeah uh, so that that just didn't do it for me because one it was clearly setting up a sequel which this movie's not going to get oh hell. um because we'll talk about this in a, afterwards about the audience reception so far but uh it would 
did that am i crazy because i know you like the, i know that you were writing the the ridiculousness of it <laughs> but can you at least give me the fact that the writing of that scene was just tr tr atrocious oh when i say movie of the year i'm not saying like <laughs> oh it's fantastic fucking schindler's list caliber greatness uh -huh. i'm saying nothing's gonna top the insanity of this film no nothing uh, will it no won't. no no it's uh no it's terrible writing it's, so, it's schlocky and it's just mm -hmm. like yeah when she's being strong mm -hmm. and she's like i'm trapping you in my mind now you're like all right yeah um yeah so she traps her in her traps gabriel in his in her mind palace and i don't know what happens to like the literal thing on the back of her head but fuck it who cares i guess um and then in something that i would have been a great joke I, I thought they were going to do it. This is this is a nitpick, so I'm not going to blame the movie, but I thought this would have been a great joke. So essentially, uh, she traps Gabriel, and then she's still in the hospital, and she sees her sister trapped mm -hmm. under a you know a big, massive, heavy oh, hospital bed. And there's a moment she's like, just leave me. And she's like, if Gabriel had strength, then so do I. And I thought, I really thought the movie was going to be like her trying to lift it, hurting her back. and be like, oh, okay, no, I don't actually have it. Like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I really thought, and I would have laughed out loud if she's like, oh, oh, my back. Uh, credits. Uh, but then, <laughs> but no, they, they, this was also Cordy, where she's like, if he has the power, then so do I. And, oh, and then she lifts it and they hug and the end. And then uh, they put on the screen, Emily will return in X Men the next film. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit yeah there is a marvel singer because they do the thing of like they show them in the same shot they're hugging and they pan over to a light that's off and then you don't see it turn on but you hear it yeah hear the like flickering it, and you're like oh gabriel's coming back oh no um but this movie's never gonna get a sequel uh i, I hope it, not i, I it, it doesn't need one um no. in the 80s this would have got a million sequels and they would yes that would have been amazing, but this it's other pe other people who discover they have conjoined twins buried in the back oh of their heads. God, that's amazing, dude. I wish we lived in an alternate reality where <laughs> this was a series alongside of Freddy and shit. Um, but uh, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, this movie was hurt partially because it was released on HBO Max, um, mm -hmm. but also this is so niche. Um, I think that you know you. I can. I you liked it more than I did. I still enjoyed it. I still had fun with it. I'm I'm recommending it, so I'm not like crapping on it. Yeah. But but it's clear that it was like for you and a couple other friends that I talked to. They loved it because of how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And, and even I wouldn't have appreciated it as much if I didn't know as much about horror or liked horror through the ages. Yeah. Um, because it's just it's not for mainstream audiences, and I'm reading. <gasps> I'm reading reviews of like on Rotten Tomatoes of, of not critic reviews because critics are more savvy to what it's referencing. Mm -hmm. But uh, audience scores for this are very low and people are talking about that moment in the prison cell, people laughing out loud in the theater. And I can, I can see why, because people are like, this is not what I expected. <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing. This is stupid. And I don't really blame them, to be honest. I mean, we live in an age where you can get away with niche films. Yeah. So but, uh, the, the, the problem is James Wan has become kind of a household name thanks to all of his yeah. films. 
And when you become such a well-known director and mm. people don't quite know what you're doing, mm. something like this can backfire, absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, were, ex were expecting that James Wan ghost story. They were just expecting a woman in a house to be haunted and this was not that. And I'm glad that no, on the flip side, you know, me and, and you, yeah, we're just like, no, this is great. Different direction. The man does love his old movies. Yeah. Oh, I don't like calling them old because I was born in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> classic movies. Uh, the, uh, 80s the, movies. 80s he likes movies. his there 80s movies. He likes his 80s movies. Um, yeah. yeah. So again, I, I didn't like it as much, but I, if you guys are listening to the, I mean, hopefully you go in blind, but uh, I'll end the spoiler thing here. I'll end the spoiler yes. thing here. Um, I'll put a little thing up mm. since I guess I'm editing it. Editing it. Um, but essentially, if you are a fan of, of horror movies, if you're a fan of 80s horror movies, and, mm -hmm. and you know you know a bit of your stuff, you know a bit of the Italian uh, Gallo films. If you like slasher flicks. Check ooh. this out. Seriously, mm. check it out. I've, I've, Spicy meatball. It, mm, uh, it's, it gets weird. It gets corny. I think having watching this with a beer or maybe something something else uh i think would elevate the experience so yeah i recommend it but just know you're getting something weird and kudos for warner brothers for just making this i yes, mean absolutely I, obviously they only made it because james wan's last film for them made literally a billion dollars with aquaman so all you have to do to make your weird dream niche project come true is make a billion dollars for a company and then they'll yeah. just give you carte blanche to make the weirdest shit possible. Or make a phone call to Asylum Pictures because they make anything. <laughs> if you want something with a bit of quality, if you want an actual production team, then yeah, um, don't go the Asylum route. But if you don't care, then yeah. So I think that wraps it up. Oh, go. Yes. I want to say one thing. Sorry. I, I will say, piggybacking a bit on what you were saying, I'm just, I'm happy to see that these bigger studios are starting to take risks like this, at least, because mm -hmm. that was kind of the big pushback against everything and why these little indie labels, or not labels, but production companies started becoming very prevalent in the 2000s and 2010s. It was like, mm -hmm. finally, we didn't have to be safe anymore. Yeah. And I'm happy to see that this one isn't playing it safe. It's like, no. hey, there is a lot of fun to be had if you don't set the bar that high. For sure. I um, hate saying it that way. But no, you know I know, I know what you mean. I, I don't know how, how much more of these you would do, especially because this isn't really doing too well at the box office. Yeah. But I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that this was made and I was able to witness it. Um, yes. So yeah, moving on to our final topic. Um, yes. And Andres, why don't you tell us what that is? Well... With me and Chris being a couple of Godzilla nerds, I decided this would be an opportune time to do a Godzilla-themed question. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Chris, my question to you that I will be also answering is, what is your favorite non-Godzilla kaiju? Because he's had so many enemies and allies. Mm -hmm. Go for it. So... I know that we're talking about it, like whether we should just do a one or five. So I don't have like a, an official top five, but I'm, I'm sure that off the cuff, we could, we could rattle off a few. Oh yeah. So I'm just going to go through. So like you said, there's so many kaiju. There's so many over, over the, the period of time. I think that the ones that really stand out to me uh, are Anguirus, mm -hmm. I, which is oddly enough, his, not oddly enough, but that was the first monster that he actually fought. 
mm-hmm. uh, in Godzilla Raids again, uh, also known as originally as Gige- G- Gigantus the Fire Monster oh, <laughs> for God. some reason. That was the first monster he fought. And, um, but not only that, but he's become sort of like, especially during the Showa era, uh, Angiris kind of was like his best bud. You know, mm-hmm. like they were friends. They fought against, you know, Mechagodzilla. They fought against Gigan. They, they fought side by side multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just something cute about him. He's just kind of like a dog. You know, he just seems like innocent. It's clearly just a guy crawling on his hands and knees, which I always thought was, even as a kid, it was just like, why is this monster crawling on its knees? But obviously, yes. you know, they didn't want to, some guy just crouch for, you know, 12 hours while filming this. Um, so I always really liked Anguirus, but that's a bit of nostalgia because there are, if we're, if we're like comparing and really getting into the lore of this, of like, well, who's kind of the coolest or who's like the strongest? And mm-hmm. when I think of like the most powerful, <clears throat> I kind of I kind of gravitate towards like Destroya mm-hmm. or Desestroya. Uh because what a who is literally just like fuck it, the devil. You know what I mean? It's like who what kaiju is this? He's the devil. He looks terrifying. Oh, he yeah. has he his design is incredible. Just like this massive imposing force with these giant bat white bat like wings and mm-hmm. a horn and stuff. Um so yeah, those are just two because I don't because I don't want to step over yours. So those are some initial two. Okay. I want to hear I want to hear some of yours. All right, for me the well, I only had one in mind, but I can think of more. Yeah, uh, of obviously, uh, the one I'm going to start with would be going to the Showa era. I'm a major fan of Hydra. Oh yeah, okay. Because my reason for it is because. If you look at all the different ones that he, you know, his, his opponents over the years, they were all kind of straightforward. But what they managed to create and accomplish with Hydra was so ambitious, where it was yeah. like this this thing that composed of many little things, and he evolved on camera, and you know, it was, it was just very fascinating and different. Especially, you know, usually his opponents were like, "Here's a space alien," or "Here's an yeah. ancient dinosaur." Hydra was just so different. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it came from, uh, which is also kind of known in the States originally for a while, was Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least for the Showa era, and it, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I'd be willing to say that out of, the, out of the Showa era, the two most political, not political, but just more social commentary, the movies of the Godzilla films that had the most social commentary were the original Godzilla, Godzilla or Gojira from 1954, mm-hmm. and then Godzilla versus Hedera. I always pronounce it Hedera, but I don't know. I, I don't know which one is. So Godzilla versus Hedera, Hedera, Smog Monster, because that movie is basically like, holy fuck, pollution is bad. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw that movie, like I went outside with a trash bag afterwards and started yeah. collecting garbage. You better. Uh, I was like, nope, we're not doing this. <laughs> I'm not having Heater just about to like suck me up. It's that's a brutal movie. Now, oh, and, yeah. and it's such an interesting monster. Like, because like you said, he, he takes on so many different forms. He can fly, he's a sludge, he can walk. And he like his his he kills a ton of people in brutal ways too, with his smog and with like acid and shit. Yes. 
Yeah, that, that's what's so weird about that film too, though. Is like, it's like, it's campy, but then you have these graphic deaths where people are just eroding away to bone. Yeah. And it's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, about that movie, I think I mentioned it to you. That's the, one of the few times where I actually thought the Godzilla fight went on too long. Because yes. last time I watched it, it was just kind of repeating. A lot was happening. I was like, oh, this is kind of dragging on. But then it gets weird. Like Godzilla pulls out its eyeballs or something. I don't know. It gets, it's a weird movie. And he flies. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah. How can you forget about the flying? I try, I try to block it out of my memory because it upsets me. Oh, it's so <laughs> schlocky. Um, if we're going to, if let's see. Heisei. Um, if I'm going to go Heisei era, I think I'm going to go with the first one I got introduced to, which is Biolanti. Hell yeah. Just because that was one of the issues I have with Heisei is a lot of it was repeating. Like they just yeah. reintroduced a lot of the same characters. Mm-hmm. That one though is just like, fuck it, here we go. Genetic experimentation gone wrong. Giant plant monster. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Similar to Hedera, it's one of the more original monsters. Yes. Especially just in concept and design. Uh, because yeah, the other one's like, okay, space monster. This one's a mech, but Biolanti, like you said, it's just like this genetically engineered, weird crossbreed between a plant and, and, uh, Godzilla. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I love it that I think that's one of like you and I've talked about before. That's one of my favorite Godzilla films. Not, not just because of the monster, but the movie itself is terrific. It's so well made. Mm-hmm. It's like, like a, a, yeah, just it's eighties horror, just right in front of you, just down to the like the weird lighting and oh yeah, and and uh, Biolanti is such a cool character because it starts off as essentially just a giant rose, mm-hmm. and then it turns into this weird crocodile thing. Yes, it's green and has like little tentacles with mouths, and then like a like a big fat beer belly. There's like this glowing orb of jelly, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the flip side, even though I was complaining about the smog monster having too long of a fight, I wish the final confrontation with the final form of Biolante lasted just a bit longer. Yeah. Because that character design, the character design is so cool. It's on screen for like 10 minutes, I think. And then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which which is a shame. I would like, I loved it. I wish I could have seen more of it, but. Well, especially because it, it's not an, a fight that ends fairly. It's just like, oh, the anti-nuclear energy bacteria is working and yeah. he's down. Yeah. Bye. And then Godzilla like face plants into the water. It's pretty awkward. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Ugh. yeah. Um, great movie, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so the two from both of us. I completely agree with yours. I think those are fantastic choices. Uh, I'm just trying to think if... No. Uh, I think two, two each will be fine. Well, I mean, we do have the Millennium Era. That's true. My computer says it's about to dive, so maybe one more. We have to think okay. of one more. Um, so Orga, uh, Orga's okay. What other <sighs> one? There's not really new ones from the Millennium Era. Era. There is. Yeah, or- it it did suffer a lot from a lot of the same thing. Even uh, the second film after that, uh, the Mega Gearus was just. Something Batra. that was, yeah, it was Batrup 2.0, but not as cool. And then they um, had Monster X and Final Wars, but that just kind of turned out to be like a weird version of Ghidorah. Yeah. Well, uh, 
Well, if we're not going with. Well, I'm just saying, like, if yeah, you yeah, want yeah, to choose yeah. from it, I just. Uh, no, I, no, 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 no. I like the okay. Millennium series. It's just it doesn't. It didn't really introduce that many new characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would go with Millennium's Geigen was badass. Oh hell yeah! That was <laughs> I love. I love that redesign. So yeah, Millennium had a lot of really good redesigns. redesigns. The yeah. redesign of Mechagodzilla, I think, is cool. It's oh hell yeah, my second favorite one. I mean, you can't beat the original. Mm-hmm. I think you said it was your favorite, right? Or no? no, the original is my favorite. Okay, cool. I just want to make and sure. the, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the hierarchy of Mechagodzilla's, uh, yeah. yeah. I feel so, every time I think about Mechagodzilla, I get sad. Because I'm like, Mechagodzilla 2 is just such a letdown of a design. Yeah, I like that movie, but it does kind of look, it just kind of look weird. He just kind of looks like plasticky and kind of lame. Yeah, but there you have it. There you have it. All right, guys. Uh, before my computer just like craps out, um, I think it was a good episode. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I had um, a lot of fun too. So, guys, let us know in the comments what you think about the things we cover- covered today. The Matrix Resurrections. Are you excited for that? Uh, let us know. Have you seen the latest episode of What If? Are you a fan of the show more so than us? We'd love to hear about it. Tell us why. Explain why, really. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> Malignant, if you've seen it, holy shit, please talk about it in the comments because that is an amazing, batshit insane movie. Um, and if you're a fan of Godzilla, drop your favorite monster down below. I know that's a very niche topic, but j- just do it. So, Andres, um, before we go, where can people find you? If you do a YouTube search for Cheap Thrills Unspeakable Terror, you will find my videos. I do reviews of low-budget sci-fi and horror from the dawn of cinema to the modern era. Perfect. Uh, I don't have a YouTube channel. I just have an Instagram account. uh, At The Art of Light and Shadow. It's a fun kind of daily cinema blog talking about the movies that I watch, um, doing some fun rankings right now and a lot of community kind of uh, collaborative efforts. It's a lot of fun. So check it out if you're interested, Art of Light and Shadow. And of course, this is going to be on Court's personal, not personal, so he's going to be on Court's uh, YouTube channel. So if you're watching this, check out some of the other videos that he has. Not all of them. Yeah, he's fantastic. Not all of them are this long. He does a lot more like digestible, uh, you know, movie reviews. So check him out. All right, guys. So in- And wait, oh. but there's more. Whoa. If you think we have faces for radio, we have good news for you. We have podcasts available in audio form on Spotify and and all the other places that I don't know because I don't have a list. But yeah, I'll be sure to list it in the uh, the body of this video. But essentially, yeah, if you don't want to just watch a you like a 90 minute YouTube video, uh, this is also in audio form like like all the great podcasts to so listen on your way to work. If you're just bored, if you want to just listen to part of it, check it out later. It's t- totally up to you. The choice is yours, people. There you go. All right, perfect. All right. all right, everyone. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Until next time. Me, 